0: Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Three-Day Workweeks Podcast. I'm really excited to have Jamie here. He is my podcast coach, and we wanted to share a little bit about his journey, his business, what he does, and how that all fits into the Three-Day Workweek world. So Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everybody a little bit about you?
1: Hey, Kay, what's up? Always good fun to hang out with you. Yeah. um, I, by the way, I love the name of this show, The Three Day Work Week, because that was kind of always my dream when I first got started was, oh, let me go travel the world and be all glamorous and you know, only work a little bit, but then I realized for a long time, I was like, holy crap, I'm working more days than I ever worked in a corporate job. And so something needed to change. So yeah, the uh, life
0: of an entrepreneur, for sure. Right,
1: I've definitely done the good intentions, messed it up. And now I'm back to uh, actually a four day work week. That's my, that's my current schedule. So I don't know, maybe you should kick me off the show. I'm not, I'm not legit enough, but um, to give you guys some context about me, (laughs) Um, I run a, I run a podcast coaching company, so I typically help six and seven figure business owners who sell high ticket products really start to generate and book more sales calls, but with the right kind of prospects. And so we do that via a podcast. And so I joke with a lot of people, and I say, what we really are is a sales generating and a sales team business that just happens to be wrapped in the packaging of podcasting, because the medium of podcasting is such a powerful tool to attract the right kind of people to you to leverage. And, you know, I'm sure at some point during the episode today, I'll kind of take you guys behind the scenes as some of our secret sauce in terms of how we do podcasting very differently, in fact, completely different to 99.9% of the podcasters that are out there. Um, but we like it and lots of our clients like it because it really focuses on getting more clients. And so to summarize what I'm kind of really about, Kate, and you know, this is not just true in business, but also in my personal life, I'm really about figuring out how to do stuff as easily as possible to get to the goal that they want so most people's goal in their business is to make more sales and we overcomplicate the crap out of it. And I've been in the position of having a team of like 18 people and lots of systems that were very complex. And now we run a very, very lean team and we have very lean systems, which is in my opinion, a much better way to do things because we just simplify what are we trying to do and how do we get there the quickest so that I can do more stuff that I like to do. Like living in Costa Rica and surfing all the time and occasionally getting too drunk on weekends. That has occasionally (laughs) happened inside of my life. So that's kind of what I'm all about. Um, And maybe that's a good intro to get me started.
0: (laughs) It's a great intro to get you started. And there's so many things that I want to dive into on that. But you made the point about simple systems that that's really what helps create that flow from when someone comes to you and goes through your process and comes out the other side, and grateful for the whole process. That is 100% what I'm about because I think people can get caught up in thinking that systems, automation, technology, that that means that they're, you're having someone at arm's length. You're having your clients, your customers at arm's length and that they don't feel like they're even talking to a human. So But what you are talking about is creating something that really makes people feel seen, heard, appreciated, loved, like cared for in that process, right?
1: 100%. And, you know, uh, one of my really good friends is a a woman called Lauren Tickner, and she's now scaled her business to nearly eight figures in revenue. And she talks a lot about these principles of not just automation, but how do you scale human interaction? And so a lot of the time, it's not just about you know, how do I replace a human being with a with a bot or an interactive experience? Because sometimes when we actually automate processes, we do the opposite of what we're trying to achieve. Sometimes by being too automated, instead of making things easier and making it feel better for the client, it actually pisses them off and it actually repels yes. them from an experience. And so one of the things that she talks about a lot, and we try and do a lot of this in our business, is how do we scale human interaction And this is something that we do a lot inside of our own podcasts. You know, when I tell people, you know, we book, you know, 30, 40 sales calls in a week sometimes, and it's all done face-to-face with somebody on my team speaking to an individual and seeing if they want to book a sales call. People are like, that's crazy. How on earth could you do that? Well, it works really, really effective. You know, we do sometimes, I have a team member that does 30 interviews in a week and 25 of them turn into sales calls and they feel amazing you know they get exposure they get an experience they get to make meet a human being and there are elements of that that we automate but some of those interactions with an actual human being is so crucial in my opinion so i think that's an important thing to think about when you're looking at these systems that you have in business is what parts can I enhance through human interaction? And how do I get everything else off my plate? How do I get all the other stuff that isn't as important to be automatic?
0: Right. And getting things completely nixed from the conversation that aren't even beneficial at all, because oftentimes Like we're talking about collecting hours and hours of work as an entrepreneur, we collect to-do lists that don't even need to exist. So, but can you back me up a little bit so that everybody can kind of hear your story? You are originally from the UK.
1: Correct. Although nowadays, I don't even sound that British anymore. People make fun of me all the time because my British accent seems to disappear because I speak to so many Americans. But sometimes I have a group of three um, of three English friends that live here in Tamarindo in Costa Rica. And every time I hang out with them, within 20 minutes, I'm immediately more British. But oh, yes. yeah, I, I, I started the off British. About the about the
0: South is that like when you get now. drunk, your accent comes out. You, know, you get a lot more right. twine in your talk.
1: Yeah, that twang comes in. Well, it's like that with me when I hang out with anybody that's English. It just gets, I get a lot more Northern suddenly in the conversation. <laughs> that's what it sounds like.
0: Yeah. Well, so you, you're from the UK. You don't necessarily claim it anymore because you have journeyed across the ocean and had a lot of jobs and businesses in between. So could you like kind of give us your story?
1: Yeah. So I I ended up leaving my job in 2017. My background is actually in sales and sales teams. Um, And so I was in a sales job since I was 16. I, I actually moved out and lived by myself when I was 17. And I always had the desire of just like doing my own business, but I never really knew how to do that. So I really just went into a career and did what I was good at, which was sales. And so for a lot of time, I was really just um, working my way through companies and building sales teams and, you know, going across the company and training different people on how to sell better. And I ended up quitting my job and decided to travel. And my mom really pushed me to do it, which was super interesting. A lot of people are like, wow, your mom pushed you to go travel full time. That's such a strange thing is you know, usually moms are saying, no, go to university, get study, get a real mm-hmm. job. You know. But um, I ended up traveling around the world for around about three years full time. I did a lot of what what we call slow travel. So I would do three months in one place, three months in another, spent a huge amount of time in Thailand and Bali and South Korea, all kind of around Asia. Um, and then I got a little bit sick of all of the travel. And I said, man, I really need to like find a home base. And it took me another year and a half of travel all across Europe before I eventually landed in Costa Rica. And this is where I've been for the last two years now. And I absolutely love it. You know, for me, it's got everything that I loved about Asia, you know, the good weather, the slower climate, the Pura Vida-ness, I can surf here. Um, But crucially, it's on the American time zone. So my work week is now way easier than when I used to be in um, America before, uh, when I used to be in Asia before that, trying to connect with people who are in the States. But across that time span, you know, in the last five years of me being an entrepreneur, I've actually had seven different types of businesses, six of which didn't go very well. Um, And I stumbled across the podcast business about three years ago because I was uh, doing podcast interviews and I wasn't making any money from it. And then I accidentally did an interview with a guy who gave me a bunch of money at the end of the interview. And I thought, wow, that was really good. I wonder if I can do that on purpose instead of by accident. And that's kind of how my business (laughs) was born.
0: That's the best part. That was how I uh, figured out my organizing business was like, wow, people will pay me to do the stuff that I do when I procrastinate. Are you kidding? And they'll pay me thousands of dollars. All right, let's figure out how to do that again. (laughs) It's crazy. It's such a, I, I love hearing your story and why like, asked to hear more about that is because I'm really big on helping people see the possibilities. Like maybe somebody doesn't necessarily want to travel the world for three years and kind of be semi-nomadic, but just even knowing that that's possible and then you can find a home base, but your home base may not be where you were born and that your life everything works out and everything's okay. <laughs> that's,
1: yeah. I that's... mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Cause even when I lived in England, one of the really big things that I struggled with was finding like a community of people. And so, you know, one thing I learned when I traveled was the thing that was missing in my life was friendships, you know, having friendships that I can turn to every single day. And, you know, while I was traveling with my ex-girlfriend at the time, it's what I kept saying to her. I was like, man, I just, I feel like I need roots. I feel like I need to make friends but I'd also struggled to do that in England with the place that I live because, you know, I lived an hour and a half away from where I worked All my work friends were in the city. I was kind of back home. And so it was a, a struggle for a really long time until I got to Costa Rica. And it was a real eye opener for me. My, my mom actually came to visit me for the first time in two years, about, um, two months ago and so she came here and she's of course a mother so she's terrified about me being alone and she's worried yes. about me constantly she's like I just want to make sure that you're okay I worry about <laughs> you. and you know she came here and pretty much everywhere we go you know we go to the local cafe and I know the owner and we're like laughing and we're friends with everybody and then I walk down the street and I see a friend here and I walk down there and then we go to a bar and then there's people there and you know oh, my friend runs in the bar and there was all of this kind of interaction that happens when you live in a very small town that's very yeah. heartwarming and very connecting. And, you know, I know when she was experiencing that, she was like, I feel OK. Like, I feel OK that you're out here by yourself now because I can see that you found your community of people. And I think that is a, an interesting thing because I never really knew that you could find what you're missing, sometimes just by changing your environment, by going around yeah. yourself by different people.
0: I think we've been living parallel lives. That sounds like exactly what happened with me. I mean, I'm not a whole uh, country away, but I'm eight hours away and had a, almost the exact same experience with my mom. And But you know, finding that community of people locally is one thing, but on a business aspect, especially when you're talking small town, finding that community is a little bit different. So like with the podcasting, I, sh- like, share with people what that has brought community wise. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this was originally why I started the podcast because we were traveling so much. You know, somebody had told me you need to document your journey, you need to tell people about what you're doing. And, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. And I originally started it just to connect with other entrepreneurs. And so the first three months I did my podcast, I spoke to so many different people, seven figure business owners, six figure business owners. I spoke to three, eight figure business owners. I spoke to a guy that ran a billion dollar company as a nobody that had no following, no experience and no like operating business at that point. And it was simply because I had a platform where I said, would you like to be interviewed that these people started to come and find me. And to me, that was fascinating. The fact that, you know, before that point, I didn't really know anybody successful. And then six months later, I literally had a hundred millionaires in my phone book that I could text or pick up the phone to or speak to today. I mean, and this sounds like a bit like braggy. And so I apologize because it sounds like this, but like. I literally have a phone book full of people who can probably solve any problem that would exist in my life, who has been very successful at it if I needed to, like, I probably won't, Like, I'm probably not going to pick up the phone with some guy I did an interview with, you know, a year ago, but those connections, they're opening up. And that for us originally, the really big draw to me with podcasting is that it really gives you an excuse. It gives you a reason to connect with people. Um, so that they actually want to take you seriously and, and get to know who you are as a person uh, just a couple of nights ago we were out at a bar and my friend sat down and there was a photographer there and there was a table full of the people that you know he was working with and every single person at the table had two to three hundred thousand instagram followers one of them had like 000, One of them had one point two million and i was able to have like a seat at the table because when I talked to them about my podcast and I talked to them about the people that I interviewed, you know, it it felt like an on-par conversation. And, you know, I know it sounds very, you know, egotistical in some of these senses when you talk about it that way, but people being able to take you seriously and see you on their level allows you to just enter into the conversation. And this was a huge advantage to me when I first got started because I was able to listen in on the conversation. It wasn't about me dominating the conversation. It was about me just learning from these people who are way more successful than me in terms of what they'd done. And so that was the original draw of the podcasting was to connect with people who were more successful than me to build a community of people that I wanted to connect with. And through connecting with people who were more successful than me, I was going to be able to level up. And it's really funny how that happened in my business. Almost you know, 90 days to the day from starting my podcast, my business exploded and it blew up. But I also was able to identify something that most people missed. When they started a podcast which is i figured out a way that i could monetize it i figured out a way that i could actually use those interactions and fuel my business from it and so that's eventually what became my business and that's what became my offer and i personally love it as a model for selling because i'm able to combine those two worlds together i'm able to connect with people build relationships build friendships i'm able to learn from people i'm able to accelerate my own growth And at the same time, I'm able to make money like that. That's amazing. And if every sales call you ever did in your business was expanding your network and, and you were learning things. And that's exactly what we ended up doing in my own business. And now I have a team of people that do these interviews, you know, within my business as well. And they're getting that same experience. You know, they're growing, they're learning more, they're building relationships. They're getting known in the online space just by being a team member as a part of my sales team. And so for me, it it really has become a super beautiful way to connect and sell to people in a really authentic way, because before we ever even have a conversation about looking at our offer or joining or seeing if we can help them, we're really just connecting with them as a person, you know, and when we look at the numbers, we don't have to worry too much about trying to persuade or convince anybody, because when you genuinely connect with somebody and then you just make them an offer to get some help most of the time they're going to say yes because you've built that connection with them. So for me it's been it's been really refreshing, you know, exploring how you can use podcasting in your business.
0: Yeah. There's so many great things in what you said in there and I think part of that is going back to what we said about just showing people what's possible, showing yourself what's possible by connecting with people, upgrading your circle, upgrading your community in a way that you're able to have these genuine conversations with people on a deep level. And recently I've just talked about on uh, the podcast about being a lot less enchanted with Instagram. You've talked about this a lot of getting off of Instagram. And so I'm curious, I have a twofold question what, do you, what is different about podcasting as a sales method and who can use this? What type of business owners can use this kind of method?
1: Well, I think the first thing when you think about like what's different is that first of all, there's a, there's a pre-existing belief that people have about podcasting. And so the pre-existing belief that most people have about podcasting is that audience equals money. So, for example, if I'm able to build a million people who listen to my podcast, therefore, I will be able to make money. Um, But actually, I found that to not be true in so many situations. I've had actually uh, two business partners and one client who recently joined, who each had podcasts with over a million downloads, who Mm -hmm. weren't really making any significant money with their business. They weren't booking sales calls with it. One of the clients, Susie, who just joined our coaching program about five weeks ago, has a show that has like 1.2 million downloads nearly. And she was only booking two or three sales calls every month. And most of them, you know, weren't buying her offer. And so she came to us because she said, hey, I, I thought I was doing this podcast the right way. This, I did what everybody told me to do, but it hasn't actually equaled in money. Whereas there yeah. also literally, you know, so many entrepreneurs that we've worked with inside of our program who have six figure and even seven figure podcasts they don't have any downloads. And when I say don't have any, I mean like one of the guys has literally got, I think 600 downloads a month on his podcast, but he makes 30 to $40,000 a month from it. It's like a $400,000 a year podcast with for, for no downloads. And so I think the first thing to understand is that the way you think about podcasting has to shift because if you only focus on trying to grow your podcast, I'm not saying it's not worth doing. There are definitely some ways that growing a podcast can be good. But the problem is if you don't have an existing business, if you don't have an existing way to generate leads or to bring people into a show, then you're probably not going to grow a big following with a podcast. 99% of people don't, and that's why they fail. So, And the following doesn't
0: even matter if you're not monetizing it. The funny thing is that when people try to grow their audience with the intention of making money from their podcast, it doesn't always end up that
1: way. And it a- it's really hard to do that, right? Like yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm going I'm to wait two years without making any money. And I'm going to keep doing this thing. People can't keep doing something. And if it makes them money, let alone if it doesn't make the money. So exactly. I think that was the very first thing that I discovered was I started my podcast and I intended to do that. And three months in, I was like, I'm never going to be able to keep doing this if I'm not going to be able to make any money. So I started to ask the question, well, well, how can I go about making money from it instead? And so that's the very first thing that's different when it comes to our podcasting approach is understanding the belief of if I focus on how this can help me to grow my business immediately, one, I'm going to be more invested to continue because I'm making money from it. Two, I'm going to have capital to reallocate into the business. And so, hey, guess what? If you are making $20,000, dollars $40,000 from your podcast every month, you can put some of that money in to grow your podcast. And so this is one of the things that one of my friends does. I met him on a podcast interview. He has a show that has 8 million podcast downloads a year. And how he grew the podcast to be that big was he spent $10,000 a month on advertising advertising on podcast networks, doing podcast shout outs. Mm. It's how all these big shows, Wondery and all of these ones grow. And he was able to do that because his business brought him money in and he used some of that money to go and fuel the podcast. So if your goal is to build a really big podcast audience, the easiest way to do that is to get your podcast to give you revenue and then take some of that profit and reinvest it back in. And so I think that's the very first thing that is different with this sort of thinking. And in a second, I'll kind of walk you guys through the framework of how this works, because it's very, very simple. But just because it's simple, a lot of people make mistakes when they go about doing this. And it's super important for us to talk about because it's a systems oriented thing. So I think it's going to be super relevant for this podcast. So the first thing is, you know, well, what's different about it? Well, we're really focusing on how can we bring revenue into our business using the podcast. And there's a couple of criteria there. This methodology guys does not work if you sell a low ticket product because we're gonna be using our physical time to do podcast interviews. This method only really is effective if you're selling a product that's over $3,000. So Mm -hmm. if you sell a product that's less than $3,000, you can do two things. You can make a more expensive product, or you can increase your price, and then this will work gangbusters for you. Most of the people I work with, the very first thing we do is 5X, 8X, 10X their price, and it usually increases their conversion rate, which is mind-blowing. I had a client who started with me called Gloria. She had a $600 product, and she had 12% of people that were buying. We immediately increased it to $4,000. which is what, like four, five, six times more expensive? her conversion rate went to 40% because people were like, oh, it's more expensive. It must be good. I'll buy it. So sometimes charging less actually holds you back. And then the second thing that you asked here, Kate, was you said, well, who can use this? And so it's going to be very effective for you guys if you have a high ticket product. The other thing is that it will only work with, if your dream customer is somebody that wants to be interviewed or it makes sense to interview them. And so what we are primarily going to be doing inside of this model is we're going to be interviewing your dream customers, building a really great relationship with them, and then making them an offer to get onto a sales call. And I'm going to walk you guys a little bit through these processes in a second um, when we get to it. But that's typically a very, very important factor to consider. So one, does it make sense to interview my dream customer? For example, makes sense to interview a B2B customer, makes sense to interview hairdressers, makes sense to interview uh, entrepreneurs, um, doesn't make a ton of sense to interview stay-at-home moms, right? If you hit up a stay-at-home mom and you're like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? They're probably going to sit there and then are going to be like, uh, maybe, maybe, but you know what? Actually, I think maybe I don't want to come on the podcast. So what I want to do, guys, is just really quickly... I want to walk you through this process super quick so you can understand how it works and you can kind of get a feel for these different steps. So this entire process, we call it podcast closing, and it's one of the secrets that we use to being able to actually build a six-figure podcast. And so the very first step that you want to do is you want to go in and make sure that you are filtering And so what we do is we build an amazing funnel. We're going to talk to Kate in a second about some of these funnel steps and different things that we do inside of this. But step one is we build a podcast interview funnel to not only attract our dream customer to want to come on the show, but actually to filter them. We want to not only attract our dream customer, but repel anybody that isn't our dream customer. And by building out this process, what we're also doing is actually allowing ourselves to get a lot of traffic because the number one problem that most business owners have is they don't have enough leads. They don't have enough traffic actually coming into their business. When you make your front end offer in your business, hey, do you guys want to come and get featured on my top 100 podcast or come get interviewed on my show? It's a really great offer. It's an amazing attraction tool. And so I've never had a problem with filling my calendar and getting as many podcast interviews as I need to because the offer is so strong. You can go into a Facebook group. You can hit up an email list. You can build a strategic partnership. There are a million ways that you can get traffic really easily for your podcast because the offer is so good. And so that's the very first step that we want to go through is we want to filter on the front end to make sure that every single person that you get on the podcast interview with is somebody who can buy your product and they are probably likely to be in pain with the solution that you provide. Step two is that we then want to build an amazing relationship with them. So they're coming on the podcast. We want to connect with them. We want to interview them. We want to build an amazing relationship with them. We want them to feel like it's insanely valuable. And then at that stage, once that's happened and they've come off the podcast interview and they felt like it was amazing and they really enjoyed the experience, that's where we go to step three, which is where we make them an offer, not for what you sell, but simply an offer to get onto a sales call where we're going to transition. We're going to say, hey, I noticed that you said that you're struggling to monetize your show. Have you tried this? Would you like some help with that? Have you thought about this? Well, if you're open to it, totally okay if not, but I'd love to jump on a sales call with you and kind of see if what we do is a good fit because I think maybe we can help you with that. And so going through these three steps, step one, going through the filtering process, step two, going through the relationship building process, and then step three, going through the making an offer every single time process. These three pieces, that's kind of the backbone of what we do inside of the podcast closing framework.
0: All right. So all that is amazing, but I bet that our listeners are thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, this sounds like a lot of work. How in the world could I add this to my business of all the stuff that I already do? So you've got some, some cool automation stuff that you got going on. Talk to us a little bit about that because you used to be a little more manual.
1: Yeah, it's so it's really interesting. When I started doing this three years ago, we we basically had all these systems down, but it was a process that you had to do manually. And so, for example, we would go into a group and then someone would say yes, that they wanted to be interviewed. And then we would send them a message and then we would have to communicate with them. And then we'd have to send them a link manually. And then They would book in, and then we would have to schedule it in the calendar, and then there would be no follow-up emails that were kind of pre-warming them up. So all this process was very manual. It was, hey, if you go out and do this, then it's going to work, but if you don't go and do this, then you're not going to have any of these interviews coming in. And We used to do things like sending people voice memos to get them to become guests and things like this. And so what I realized was if I was going to build this system in a way where I no longer needed to be involved with it, then we needed to make it a lot simpler. And so what you just described is actually what most of the, custom, so the customers I speak to say when they come onto a sales call with me. They say, I, Jamie, I'm already doing all of this stuff. How am I going to fit this in? And actually, the secret to this is it's not about doing it as well as it's about replacing it. And so most of the people I speak to, I'm like, what are you doing currently to try and get clients? I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm running posts. I'm doing stories. I'm in LinkedIn. I'm doing an email. I'm trying to do TikToks because someone told me that was a good idea. And like, when you look at like how much time they are spending on trying to, you know, MacGyver their way to a sales system. They've got seven different sources of traffic, seven different sales systems. They've tried to put someone in their inbox to try and get these people booking calls. They weren't very good. And it's just not a very consistent way to get clients. And most people that I speak to when we look at their sales system are spending 15 to 25, sometimes 30 hours a week just on social media, keeping up and trying to get clients. And, and that's I not him, a
0: three day work week.
1: That is not a three day work week. <laughs> that and then just say,
0: doesn't add up.
1: <laughs> right. And then I say, well, how many calls is that getting you? They're like, not that many. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you spending all of that time for no result? And so, what we do instead is much, much simpler. Building these systems sounds complicated, but most of our clients get it done within two weeks. They're actually remarkably simple. It's a three step page. It's a couple of emails, it's a built-in you know, form, and it's a, it's a Calendly Booker. So there's not a lot of elements that go into this system, but it works cohesively. And so what's very, very powerful about this is that once you build the funnel process, all of that nurturing, all of the booking in, all of the figuring out the calendar, all of that is done automatically. And so the only thing you need to do to get this system up and running is to fill it with traffic. And so step one, when people join our process is we basically build out the system very, very quickly and we get it built and set up. Then all they need to do is they need to fill it with traffic. And now for most people, that's the scary part. They're like, oh, Jamie, you just make it sound so simple, but traffic is the most difficult thing in a business. Well, usually it is, except when it comes to podcasting, because the offer to come onto a top rated podcast is so compelling. Everybody wants it. So imagine I went on a Facebook group and I said, hey, guys, who wants to get on a sales call with me? How many people are going to say yes? Like
0: hard pass,
1: (laughs) right? No, thanks. Except when I go in a Facebook group and I say, hey, guys, who wants to come on my top 100 podcast? We get anywhere from 300 to 500 to sometimes a thousand people who are raising their hands saying, I want to come onto your show. And the more people that comment on it, the more virality that post creates. And so we never have a problem with finding customers that come onto our show because we can be broad when we put out these posts on social media because our system and our funnel filters them down when they land on the page to get interviewed they see what right away am i the right person am i the wrong person when the questionnaire answers they're answering go through they will filter themselves out and if they don't filter themselves out we have steps in the system that catches it and so the most important thing to understand here is that from a time perspective what we want you guys to be doing as business owners to get from $10,000 a month to $100,000 a month without you having to be running yourself into the ground working six days you know, a week is that you just need one very simple sales system. And if you've got one that is very easy to generate traffic for, then you're on a winner. And that's exactly what this system is. So once a week, I'll go on to three Facebook groups. I'll do three posts. It takes me a grand total of five minutes. And I do the exact same post every two weeks. It's identical. It says, hey, what's up, guys? I'm looking for more entrepreneurs to interview who have podcasts. And that's it. You know, Comment down below if you want it. No fancy copy needed or anything like that. And then I have my VA assistant come in. And she just replies to everybody on that post takes her maybe an hour to get through all three of those posts. And that fills our funnel and that fills our traffic. And so what I'm doing as the business owner is literally just taking interviews and and taking sales calls and that's it. And both of those activities Mm -hmm. are what is generating sales. So if you do 10 interviews in a week, we usually expect about five of those or more to turn into sales calls. Um, So, that's pretty average. I've got a brand new person that just joined in my business. She's doing about 70%. So every 10 interviews, she gets seven sales calls. So if you just spend 30 minutes doing interviews and you do 10 a week, that's five hours of your time. And you'll usually book five super qualified prospects from the back of that. So that's 20 sales calls a month. If you can just close 20% of those, that's four clients if you're selling a 3 to 5000 dollars product that's 10 000, 15 20000 in revenue from just 5 hours of your time as a business owner eventually what you can do is replace yourself doing the interviews that's what I do in my business so i don't even do the interviews anymore i've got two dedicated people that do 30 interviews each a week that's it and so between them they each book typically about 15 calls each So we've got 30 sales calls coming in every single week from two people who are on commission that do this all day, every day. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) They do all these. I just come hang out with you on a podcast like this. And so that's what we're really trying to help people to understand with a system like this is this is no different to any other sales system. But what makes it really unique is one, the learning element we talked about before, if you can go out and create content and connect with people and surround yourself with people who are doing amazing things, you are naturally going to grow as an entrepreneur. And even if you outsource it like I do to my team members, my team members are growing rapidly. They're becoming incredible entrepreneurial people within my company because they're doing so many interviews, you know, but the byproduct is we make a lot of sales. Oh, and the super byproduct I didn't even talk about is all the interviews and all the content we've got. We now have a content machine. We have 60 pieces of unique content that's being recorded every single week that I don't even have to be involved with. And so I love this model. I think it's amazing. You would expect me to say that though, because that's what I sell. But I really like encourage people, if you're listening to this and you're curious about it, we're going to talk about this in a second, but I would really encourage you to come and look at the process and kind of experience it for yourself, because it's one thing to talk about it. And I think you'll agree with this, Kate, because you've kind of come through this process and seen it. It's a whole other thing to see what it is that I'm talking about, to see the funnel, to experience the emails, to come on one of these podcast interviews and see what it feels like. And so um, I know we talked about this earlier, Kate, but if it's okay with you, I'd love to get people in your audience to, to experience this, to come on our show yeah. as one of our- you know.
0: Yes, we definitely want y'all to be able to experience this cuz it's pretty cool to be able to position yourself in a way where you can be your high, like at your zone of genius of where you're the one that's providing the service or program to people based on this model that doesn't take a lot of time, effort and energy once you get it set up. So yeah, Jamie has something really special for y'all. He he has a few spots to interview some of you. All
1: right, guys, believe it or not, I want to sell to you if you're the right person for this model. I want you to come and buy my product. Isn't that crazy? But only if you're the right fit. That's the whole point. So if you're a you know entrepreneur that sells a high ticket product and you have a podcast, um, those are typically the people we work with who have the existing podcasts already. But even if you haven't, I would encourage you to come and check this out. You guys can go to podcastrebels.com. And that's actually going to take you through our full system that we're talking about to come get featured onto one of our podcasts. So you can kind of go through that and experience it for yourself. You can see all of the systems that we've been talking about. And again, understand here, my goal here is that we want to interview people who are our dream customers, not just because we want to up to them, but also because when you interview your dream customers, One, you're giving them value, you're building reciprocity, but two, you become associated with them through that help and through those interviews on the podcast. So whether somebody says yes or says no or says, they know, that's not really for me, we really don't mind because the benefit is that we're creating super specific content. We're gaining a deeper connection with our dream customers. We're learning more about you guys. And that's invaluable on its own. And what it does, and this is super useful for you guys who don't love sales, is it takes away all the pressure. Every single one of my sales guys, I say to them, don't even worry about people saying yes. All I want you to focus on is just giving them an amazing podcast experience. And if they're in pain and they need to solve this sales problem that they have in their business and they love podcasting, They'll say yes to a call and they'll say yes when they buy. And if it's not the right thing for them, then that's totally okay as well. And so from my perspective, it's made it a lot easier for us to train salespeople and to feel a lot better about the sales process because we don't have to try and persuade people to buy. We can really just connect with people and genuinely see, is this something that we can help them with? So I'd love for you guys to go and experience that. So if you want to go through it, you can go to podcastrebels.com. Super easy. You can just head on over there. And uh, actually, we've got a special um, address for you, Kate, right? We've got a special, yes. unique where people can come through it. And we're actually going to guarantee you guys 10 to 20 spots to come and get featured onto the podcast. So all you need to do is go to podcast rebels, but we're going to go forward slash Kate. K-A-T-E. Right, Kate? super simple.
0: Yes. Yes. And we'll link that in the show notes as well.
1: And that way it's a bit better than my regular one, because you guys are going to get guaranteed that you're going to come in for that position, but we'd love for you to experience it. Look at what's going on behind the system. And again, if you're curious about having something like this done for you inside of your own business, then pay attention, you know, to all the things that we're doing throughout that process. And if at any point you want to connect with me and say, Hey, Jamie, this sounds cool. How can you help me do this for my own business? Then let me know. And I'm super happy to jump in and help you guys with it as well.
0: Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing all of that for Pulling us behind the curtain and letting us see the behind the scenes. So, y'all will have that link podcastrebels.com slash Kate, K A T E. It'll be linked in the show notes and you can immerse yourself in the world of podcast sales, which is a pretty cool thing. Yes. <laughs> well, then thank you, like Jamie. Come to so so much. Costa Rica and
1: surf with me, right? Kate, that's what we're going to yes. do. We we'll just get everybody come yes. and surf in Costa Rica and just sit on the beach. it be nice.
0: Exactly love it. Well, thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure and uh we'll we'll see you again soon.
1: Bye guys.